Oh, my goodness. Welcome to the first episode of the Chili Dip Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Fitzgerald, joined alongside Chris Bornhorst and Michael Pascalini. How are we doing, guys? We're doing all right. Gentlemen, long time no see. Mike, it's late for you out there in Boston, huh? Uh, we are, it is currently 1.02 a.m. I have a slice of pizza and a beer to accompany. I'm ready to go. Awesome. All right, so we're just going to try to get you guys familiar uh, with the three of us. So basically, we've got two college players, one stiff. That's the uh, the general summary of our podcast. I guess, Chris, do you want to start first and just kind of give a background of your playing experience and uh, what your background in golf is? Sure. So uh, for starters, we're all from Boston. Uh, my name is Chris Bornhorst. Uh, I'm 22. I played four years of Division three golf, the best division there is, at Babson College. Uh, graduated, graduated, D three dreams. And I so I graduated in May, and you know once COVID hit, I decided to move out to Boulder and do a grad year at CU. Sean, yeah. is it safe to say that you're? Uh, you're the Gronk to uh, Born Horse Brady? Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I, you know, I, I was thinking about retirement, and, uh, you know, once I saw Chris was coming out here, I, you know, I chased my dream and went with him. But I think yeah, it's important. Yeah, because you were dealing with injuries too, but you, but, you know, you put the pads back on. Yeah, I mean, I, I may even have a uh, stress fracture in my left rib cage, and uh, I'm fighting through that oh, right now God. too. So. Yeah, it's been a tough situation for me. But let me just add to Chris's resume. He is easily the best player in the history of Babson College Golf um, and will be a surely a first ballot Hall of Famer at Babson. Mike, do you want to uh, give us a little bit of background on your playing career? Appreciate you pumping me up there. Yeah. (laughs) Don't don't get used to it. That's probably the first time I've ever done that. Yeah, that's 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 probably the peak of your podcasting career right there. Yeah. Mike, do you want to uh, give us a little bit of history on your storied playing career? Yeah, there's not many uh, accolades in there. <laughs> so, uh, I am a uh, two-time uh, Braeburn Country Club Junior Junior Club Champion. <laughs> a one-time, a one-time Braeburn Junior Club Champion, and there's, and that's pretty much my achievements. Uh, I had the yips in 2018, and we also combated them in 2020. So yeah. Mike's had it's a, a tough, it's a story, tough stretch. It's a storied and tumultuous career. <laughs> you know, been in the blender much, and been back in a few more times. I as mean, much shit as we give you, Mike. I mean, you're a good player. You play, you know, off a single digit, if not a scratch. And 
you yeah, know, we I mean, I could have played. You've clearly had your trials and tribulations with, especially with the flat stick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I was a, I was a really good high school player. You know, if I really wanted to, you know, if I enjoyed competing, you know, more in high school and you know, stuck with it, I could have definitely played in college. But you know, that wasn't something that. Um, I think I sort of fell out of love with yeah, it. Yeah, when, when you're you know. lagging it from 12 feet, and then we're still not giving you the 18 incher coming back, that's when you know it might not be when, tournament ready. When when I'm when I'm hitting 15 of 18 greens and somehow losing 25 dollars to Chris, that's when you know that there's some true demons. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> So I'll give a little bit of my my uh, playing career. It's not not as illustrious as Chris, but uh, I just played my freshman year with Chris uh, at Babson College. Uh, you know, did all right there. Uh, I'm 20 years old now. I just turned 20, and uh, I'm out with Chris in Boulder, Colorado, just living the life and uh, hopefully playing a lot of golf. Uh, so Sean's guys, a young buck. He'll be he'll be coming for the for blood next year. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm coming for your scoring average. I'm coming for uh, the title of, of best player in Babson Golf history. So, all right, let's uh, let's take a look at the Sanderson Farms leaderboard. I think I think we need to do that. Uh, pretty exciting day out there today. Some low scoring guys. What'd you think of the scoring conditions and uh, you know who's at the top of the leaderboard? Yeah, riveting day at the Country Club of Jackson. <laughs> Yeah, what do we what do we think about the golf course? Let's let's start with that. I mean, I my eyes are instantly become wide open when I see when I see telephone wires running across the golf course. <laughs> yeah, that, it, that it, it just it just reminds me. It reminds me of some a couple junior of a couple junior tournaments that I've played where you know. Where they just crisscross the fairways and they're a legitimate, they're a legitimate hazard, and it's not the best look for the PGA Tour. Seems a little bootleg. Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna throw out any names of courses, Mike, but I think we're thinking about the same ones. Country it is Club of Jackson. Yeah. It it just seems kind of boring to me. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys got the same impression, but it it doesn't seem like there's a ton of character to that golf course. Uh, you know, pretty easy, pretty mundane, and all, all the scores are low, and the leaderboard's packed. I think that's kind of what you get with this course. It's you know, I it's think- one of those tournaments where we were watching on on Thursday. You see these names up, uh, you know, on the leaderboard that you you haven't seen in years, right? It's like, you know, you see Jimmy walk, like, oh, you know, he won a major, right? And you see Keegan, <laughs> and you're like, oh wow, he won the PGA at one, you know, at one point. You see, like Martin Laird up there. He's like, "Oh, yeah, he contended <laughs> once, like in 2017, maybe, right?" It's like, you know, and, and no disrespect to Martin Laird, Laird, a great. You player, know, you uh, see, you right, see, but. Schwartzel up there. Oh, he won the Masters, you know. Now he's playing at the Country Club of Jackson, you know, in <laughs> that Greg Norman hat. <laughs> How about Stuart it's, Sink, former Open? You champion, see Stuart Sink up we, there, T31. We saw Bill Haas up there, you know. Yeah. Hey, Stu Sink, Stu Sink won the other week. I know. I mean, yeah, he's he's kind of found found some mojo in his game. I'm happy for him. I I, I think having a son, I think having a son on his bag has has led to some inspired play. Yeah, I think he I think he's pretty inspired right now. 
All right, so a uh, couple of names at the top. We got JT Poston leading the way. He shot three under. Uh, he's tied at 14 under with Sergio. Uh, great story this week from Sergio. We'll get into that later. <laughs> Cameron Davis uh, shot nine under this week, the young Australian. He's at 14 under. And then you got Snedeker, Christopher Ventura, Keegan, Aaron Wise. Cameron Davis reminds me so much of Cameron Smith. And it's... I think they just they look the same. I think same. the only No, no, no it's don't. not just because they're both Cameron. It's they look the same and they're both from Australia. They're both Australian. That's about it. Other than that, I mean Cameron Smith and, is like 5'10, Cam Davis is like four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was about to say the man's a tower. They're the same player. Yeah. <laughs> they're based yeah. <laughs> yeah. The you know, bomb and gouge that Cam Davis plays as opposed to the plotting that Cameron Smith plays, yeah, pretty much the same. Style. Same player. Cameron, Cameron Smith, Cam Smith doesn't dink the ball. No, he doesn't. But he's much more methodical than Cam Davis. Cam Davis is an impressive player. I mean, he was a really, really solid amateur. Yeah. He was a really solid amateur player coming out of Australia. Um, there was this. I mean, the only reason I like really remember him, there was like a viral video of him. Um, you know, he was on the range for some tournament, and he was alternating between swinging righty and swinging lefty i think it was some sort of drill to you know train his muscles and he was he was flushing it on both sides it was absolutely insane that i mean it's actually surprising how good all these tour guys are at playing uh from their opposite side i mean that video that came out of dj hitting it like 295 in the air was ridiculous I I could not even find the club face if I swung lefty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you can't find it swinging righty. So yeah. <laughs> that was at the beginning of the year. We're we're doing okay now. We haven't we haven't seen this. this we haven't new seen Mike the, yet. the new Pasco. Yeah. Oh well, my god. I'm excited to come back and, and see what you got, Mike. Hopefully it's gonna be. Hopefully you'll be breaking eighty again. Knowing me, I'm a mental midget. I'm gonna shit my pants. And I'm just gonna yeah. have the old swing that that you guys saw before you guys moved out. <laughs> yeah. All right, um, let's move into our first segment here. Um, this one's called the tough bit of the week. We've, we're going to have a few segments that we'll feature throughout the podcast. Uh, tough bit of the week. Who do you guys got? I mean, mine comes straight from the top of the leaderboard. Sergio <laughs> putting with his eyes closed and co-leading the tournament, I guess, isn't that much of a tough bid but, but it's pretty grim yeah, I, <laughs> I think his success will be pretty short-lived with that I, i'd be surprised if he ends up i don't think know. he's inventing a new way to you know i don't think he's reinventing the wheel here yeah <laughs> yeah there's a reason more guys don't putt with their eyes closed i think the closest <laughs> we've come to that is speed putting looking at the hole from inside seven feet and even that was short-lived he's not even doing that anymore so yeah like for well, him we like, get, like we, well we don't well we don't get to see whether speed actually puts you know looks at the hole or not because we never see him at the top of the leaderboard he's missing cuts left right and center that's fair yeah so sergio, that could be a myth that could be a myth for sergio it's like you know what's the range where you go from eyes closed to eyes open you know it's like he's not closing his eyes on a 40 footer right so it's like i hope is this one i'm gonna close my eyes this one i'm not you know it's a 15 footer 
Am I? Do I close or do I not close? I mean, knowing his history out of the bunkers, I, I wonder if he's tried, uh, you know, eyes closed out of the bunker. That's got to be a tough one. He's a, this is, and we're talking about a like a historically terrible putter. Yeah, yeah. He, I, I mean, mean he like could pretty much do anything and putt terribly is pretty much. If you alter, if you alternate, you know, grips, you know, on the putting green, you know, if you putt conventionally, you know, from from far away, and then once you get inside, you know, five or ten feet, and you know, go to like a claw or cross handed, like, you know, that's like totally fine. I understand that, but like. From someone who's used every hole. single putting grip. From someone who's used every single grip and who has also looked at the hole while putting, put, putting with your eyes closed scares the living shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, you might as well putt with your eyes closed the way you putt. It wouldn't make a difference. Hey, I, had tw- yeah. I had 26 putts the other day. We're putting good. <laughs> Dude, it's because you're missing every yeah. you chip it to eight feet. You'll make some of them. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm a good. I have a good short game. That I mean, that is a fair point. Yeah, you've you've always had a decent short game. Decent, better than decent. Yeah, I'll give you. All right, I'll give you better than decent. Uh, all right, my, tough bit thank, of the week. Thank, my, thank, thank you, Sean. You're welcome. That don't get used to the compliments. I don't give them out. All right, I don't, um, I, don't, I don't ask for many. <laughs> my tough bit of the week, it's got to be Pat and Kazire. Uh, finally making a cut. It's been a long time, I feel like, for him. Or, I mean, he, he might have made a couple uh, in the last few months, but he's not played well after winning two times in a short span. He shot six over today, and he's sitting at 66th place, three back of the next guy. So uh, tough bid for Pat and Kazire playing really poorly on what is it? extremely easy golf course (laughs) (laughs) he made the cut though yeah no i great great for him he'll make uh somewhere around 15 grand and probably earn one fedex cup point so yeah that that does good in keeping a step in the right direction yeah really good week progress is progress (laughs) mike what do you have for uh tough bit of the week the greatest player to have ever come from the big break, and that's going to be Tony Finau getting sued by his former business associate, <laughs> associate for for $16 million. I mean, if that's not a tough bid, I don't know what is. Yeah, I, I, I find it hard to believe that he's made much more money than that uh, in his career on tour. So the, the story is, is that he's getting sued by, by someone who, you know, helped uh sponsor his brother and and his career you know getting off the ground um you know entering them tournaments you know just other expenses and you know obviously um you know golf is you know you kind of need to have a little bit of cash in in order to you know try and make it as a pro but you know having to pay back 16 million is, is yeah it's a big it's a big ask and it's i don't think tony I, spent I, that long on the mini tours he he definitely didn't uh spend 16 million in entry fees so that's yeah a but having a, to me. but also having to pay 16 million dollars to someone when you've when your entire <laughs> pga tour earnings come to about 20 million that's gonna that's gonna hurt the pocket yeah that that is maybe the toughest bit of the week He'll be just yeah. fine. He'll he'll have plenty of majors where you think he's going to win, and he chokes on Sunday, catches <laughs> a nice check, and moves on. He's got plenty of those coming up. Yeah, he'll, he'll lose. He'll lose in plenty of playoffs. He'll plenty. win pl- plenty more Puerto Rican Opens. Plenty. All right. I don't, 
No, he won't because once you win the Puerto Rican Open, you never win again. I know, except for the uh, there was one guy I can't remember his name uh, off the top. Of George my head. McNeil. George McNeil won the Puerto Rican Open twice, back to back years. So, defended successfully. So uh, that's that's pretty impressive. But yeah, it doesn't look like uh, Tony Finau is going to break that curse uh, anytime soon. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move into the next segment. This one's called One Up, One Down. So what it is is the one up will be a player who pleasantly surprised us with their play this week. And the one down will be someone who let us down this week. You know, a really good player that uh, either missed the cut or, or just played poorly. So uh, I could start this week. And I'm going to go with my one up as Aaron Wise. We haven't seen him in forever, it feels like. And he had a really promising rookie year. He won uh, his first event, uh, his rookie year, which was pretty cool. And I think he won rookie of the year that year. And I think he's since been injured. He hasn't played well at all. And he's sitting at T6 right now. So he's got a chance to win only two shots back. The last time I remember watching Aaron Wise was when Tiger was in the same pod as him in the in the uh, match play what was it two years ago and we needed wise to beat brant snedeker for tiger to get through <laughs> and he did and it was so clutched by wise wow and tiger got through to, to the uh elimination rounds and that's got to be his best moment of his career it's probably his best moment. i i think i haven't seen aaron wise since uh he won the Byron Nelson and then proceeded to get stiffed by his girlfriend for a kiss on the 18th green. I think that I think that kind of <laughs> killed his career. <laughs> who who do you guys have for your one ups this week? Um, my one up is going to Hunter Mahan because even though <laughs> did he make the cut? Did he? No, did he I think he cut? was like I think he was like fifth to last. Um, oh god. <laughs> And this is your You're one setting up the bar so low. This is my <laughs> this is my one up because at least we know he's alive. Yeah. At least we know he's alive. <laughs> he was Former, six he was six to last this week oh, at six God. over. Number four in the world. At, you know, at least we know he's still kicking around. He he's got a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> it's good it, to see he has a pulse. And it's it's good to see him out there, you know, yeah. just grinding. <laughs> just grinding. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> Mike, who do you got? Can you follow that one up? Um, I I think my personal one up has to be Brant Snedeker because I I think we can all remember, you know, like eight you know, eight, ten years ago, this guy had a legitimate claim to being the best American player on tour. I mean he was an That's outrageous. That's yeah. I mean he was in two thousand twelve. He did win the FedEx Cup. He was an absolute yeah, terror so at the top Billy of the leaderboard. Marshall, so did yeah. Haas. We, we'll get into this at some point later for sure, but oh, I don't think God. the FedEx Cup is a great uh, measure of, you know, how well you play in a season. But at, but at the beginning of the decade, okay, Brandstein Kerr's highs were much higher than Bill Haas's and Billy Horschel's ever were. I think that's a that's fair. I think that's a legitimate fact. Yeah. But after that, you know, we haven't really seen him at the top of the leaderboard that in the capacity that we expected him to. But and I think to see him, you know, kicking about, it's good to see. 
Yeah, it is good to see, especially on a golf course that we kind of talked about earlier, is uh, seems to promote a bit of bombing couch. I mean, this place, the, the rough is not very thick. Um, the greens it's don't a seem joke. that firm. It, it it seems you know pretty easy for a tour golf course. So to see Brand see, it seems well real. On a golf I mean, course, I haven't had it promotes uh, bomb and gouge. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> but when you look at this leaderboard, there's not a ton of long guys uh, up there. So it, it's kind of surprising this week to see. The one thing I like noticed about this course, and you know, I think all of us are kind of like on limited time, so we don't get to watch as much golf as we'd like to. This, like, the one thing that I noticed is that this course looks really, really flat. Like there's not, there's nothing jumps out. Nothing, yeah, nothing, nothing's you know, there's nothing there, you know, like at first glance that makes it say that, like, oh, the country club Jackson's like an interesting golf course, <laughs> like, I want to go play there, <laughs> right? Yeah, and, and I think, too, Mike, it kind of is to your point if the golf course has elevation changes and it has elevated greens more specifically and it's firm it makes approach shots coming out of the rough that much more difficult right because the ball is coming in at less of an angle so it's tougher to stop the ball on the green and it promotes hitting fairways more so um you know i think you need courses with elevated greens on tour uh if you really want to get balanced leaderboards or at least firm greens and, and i this course has neither yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're you're literally playing on a golf course that's in essentially the middle of a giant swamp. So having you know, a, you know, firm seems pretty far away. Yeah. Well, All speaking right. of the anti-bomb and gouge, I'm gonna get to my one down, which yeah, is I was just gonna say my one down is Zach Johnson, and he's sitting at T25 <laughs> right now. <laughs> and he's and my he's... one down and it's because buddy you got to stop playing in these events you got to stop <laughs> playing in these events it's such a tough look you know this guy's this guy's won the masters this guy's won at st andrews <laughs> and the two most iconic he... courses in all of golf and he plays in every event he plays in every one he plays in the john deere you know he plays in the safeway he plays in the sanderson he plays in anything he can get his hands on, and it seems <laughs> I, like it, you gotta respect it, though. I mean, the guy I do is respect in his mid forties, and he is absolutely grinding his butt off. I mean, he's yeah, working hard with I Mike mean, Bender. He's you know changing his swing. He's and he's putting the lights out right now, too. I mean, you gotta. Respect he's it. just an all. He's an all-time grinder. He's he's got that corn fairy blood in him. Yeah, coming up from the <laughs> <laughs> coming up from the low ranks. Uh, I guess he can't do anything but keep playing in these events. Pride of uh, oh. I think Drexel University worked his way up for sure. Pride, yeah, pride of Iowa. Yeah, pride of Iowa. Yeah, to go from one man who plays in every event to another man who plays in legitimately <clears throat> every single event. We're gonna go. Sung Jm, huh? Sung Jm. Uh, this man is so talented, and to see him <laughs> floun- floundering at T fifty two, what the hell, man? Like when, like watching him at the Presidents Cup, like I thought this guy, you know, I said like this man is gonna win like fifty million dollars on tour. This guy could be a number one player in the world. He's that talented, but this guy, 
this guy's gonna like run himself into the ground. He plays every single week. He doesn't need to yeah. do that to himself. He, did, he had an insane year though. He apparently doesn't the last even have a months. house. He apparently <laughs> doesn't have a house. So That's like ridiculous. Where, where did where did he stay during lockdown? I think he was in Florida. I would like to think that he was like homeless or something. <laughs> just like just hacking li- it, just hacking it at the range. Yeah, looking just for living some- outside like metalists, just walking in there every day and you know hitting balls the back range and leaving. I mean, look, well, the guy's twenty two. Yeah, I mean, let's give him a break. I think that's a bad pick, Mike. I, mean, I think that's a horrible pick. Yeah, I he's twenty fourth. He's uh, he's what is he? He's twenty fourth in the terri- uh, in the FedEx. He's been Cup. terrible since the re- since the uh, since the restart. Like he hasn't been anywhere. He, he hasn't been great. You know, it's probably better than Chris's picks. I'll give you that. But it looks like to me, Sungjae is struggling with his chipping, especially on the Bermuda greens. We watched him on Thursday, <laughs> and he he had a short sided flop shot. I think it was over the green of one, and just totally laid the sod over it. I mean, this thing went maybe twelve feet, and oh, he, he was about three feet off the green. Had a twenty five foot putt, maybe. Um, and decided to chip it and totally, <laughs> totally stuck it right into the ground again. Oh, and then no. ended up making the next putt. So he made five there. But It was it a like, sick bogey. It was a sick bogey, but <laughs> it looks like he's having his struggles on the, the type Bermuda lies around the country. Club did he just action. try and like back, did he just try and like back foot it, you know, yeah, right on the Bermuda grass? Little back foot <sighs> stubber. And he, uh, yeah, you, you can't do you can't do that on Bermuda. I mean, yeah, that's he, asking that's asking for a double bogey. All right, uh, my, I mean, he did he did win on he did win on a course that is Bermuda grass. I mean, he went right, he, he won, won the, the Honda. Honda. Yeah, but that's because he probably striped the shit out of the ball and hit sixteen or seventeen greens each day. Because that's and also like golf course. Yeah, I was about to say Honda is just like hard for hard yeah. sake. He also on eighteen on Sunday he had to make par from like a hundred yards out, and he chunked his wedge <laughs> into the bunker and got up and down. It was a sick up and down. Yeah, <laughs> but, he, uh, he had that bunker shot stoned, Dad. Uh, yeah. But if he had chunked it, and if it was a tight lie in the Bermuda, he probably would have made seven and lost the tournament. I think we can all agree. <laughs> he's chipping the ball around these Bermuda greens. He would he would have lost to Mac Hughes, who who rope hooked his uh, three wood right into the bleachers. Yeah, I forgot about how tough of a finish that was. Kind of limping in there. All but right, John, what's your one down? Yeah, I'm gonna go with my one down for the week. A guy who is clearly the best player on the Corn Ferry Tour. And, uh, you know, I expected a lot more out of him this week. Getting a PGA oh, Tour start is Will's Alcoris. I, uh, I think he shot even for the week. Not his worst showing. He played but unreal at the U.S. Open, though. Yeah, I mean, he's I expect this so, guy to be a multiple so winner good. on the tour. He is a great player. We're going to see his name on leaderboards for years to come. He's going to win over $10 million. Um, just a really good player. I think that's a horrible pick. Cut. He was T8 last week at Corrales, and he was T6 at the U.S. Open. Exactly. That's my guy that surprised me this week. I mean, he shouldn't have he shouldn't have missed the cut at the country club in Jackson. I mean, this place is a pitching putt. <laughs> Zal Torres last week, Zal Torres last week at, at, um, at Corrales was the betting favorite for Vegas. That's how yeah. good he is. No, he is that good. I mean, he's losing to the likes of Martin Laird, 
JB Holmes, who I forgot even existed. He hasn't showed up. It's another the, one of those guys. Since the uh, <laughs> British Open two years ago. I mean, like, there's just plenty of guys that he's losing to that he should not be. But, I mean, it's one week. I expect him to bounce back. I don't think anyone's upset that <laughs> we haven't seen much of JB Holmes. Yeah. Zal Torres is uh, number nine in the in the Golf Week Sagarin rankings. Yeah, I, I, he is. He's got the complete game. He's a great player, and we talked about his performance in the U.S. Open. Let's move on and talk about Phil's performance at the U.S. Open. Oh God! Do you guys think Phil will play another U.S. Open? And if so, will he make another cut? He's the most intriguing U.S. Open player to watch besides Tiger. I mean, it's, you, does you he know, deserve you, to play another U.S. Open? You you watch him come out at Wingfoot and. You know, he blocks his opening tee shot 40 yards. You know, he's he's dead. Hits it to four feet, <laughs> makes birdie. Steps up on number two, 40-yard block, dead. Hits it to eight feet, makes birdie. And then proceeds <laughs> proceeds to, uh, what did he shoot, shoot, like 79? Like, I think he, I think I he think shot he, 80. I think he, he might no, have shot. He, he broke, he broke 80. 80. He, he finished, it was either... It, it was either 10 or 13 over. Anyway, I mean, it's, it's great drama. It's great drama. This guy can't go away. He's he's going to get more starts at the U.S. Open. They're going to give him exemptions. He's going to make more cuts. He's going to he's gonna contend. <laughs> Maybe not wow. contend, contend, but uh, contend as no. in, like, burning the first two holes. And like, oh, wow, it could be Phil's year, right? And then he shoots one under <laughs> on the first day, and he just absolutely <laughs> lights himself on fire. I mean, when from when now he, on... If Phil's ever under par to U.S. Open, he's automatically contending. One under through one, and he's contending. <laughs> Chris and I were having a debate before the U.S. Open. I, I said Phil has absolutely no chance of making the cut at Wingfoot this week. And Chris said, I think he's going to make the cut. I think he, he might even top 10. So we were. I was at work, and Chris was at home. Chris was giving me hole-by-hole hole updates. He, he says, <laughs> Phil blocks it 40 yards right on one. Left. Hits it to two feet birdie. Next hole, blocks it 40 yards right again, hits it to eight feet birdie, whatever. Two under through two. I'm like, oh, my God, Phil might win this tournament. I can imagine Chris running around the house going crazy and proceeds to just <laughs> it was absolutely quite the fall from grace. implode. So uh, really tough showing for Phil. But can we get into a little bit of Wingfoot? What do we think about uh, Bryson winning at Wingfoot? And what do we think about the future of the U.S. Open? Has Bryson found the cheat code to U.S. Open setups? Uh, I don't know if I'd go that I mean, far. Bryson's found the cheat code to golf in golf. general. and I Definitely think- for PGA Tour golf. Yeah, I mean, if, if Bryson were to play at the Sanderson Farms this week, I mean, I think 50% of the time he's winning this golf tournament based on the way he drives the ball. I mean, oh, this 100%. course is so forgiving off the tee. And there are so many other courses like it that if Bryson can maintain the level of driving accuracy that he's had uh, at the U.S. Open and uh, Rocket Mortgage, which is very difficult to do when you're touching 190 in ball speeds, if he can do that, I mean, he's hitting lob wedge into every green, and it's it's hard for him and not he can to putt, and he's one of the best putters he on can tour. putt, which is crazy. He can putt with that stiff left arm cheating it it's just looks to me like he's gonna dead yank it every time i can't believe he's it's he's a unbelievable great yeah 
but he is. I mean, he gets but the ball and the hole. He makes a ton of long putts. Fitz and I are, are you know, definitely Bryson fans. Team Bryson, um, for sure. We're Team I, Bryson. I've, we're I've we're all him in. I've since day he came out on tour, so I've been with him since day one. The haters can hate, but he is clearly one of the best players. I actually used to, I used to hate him. I, he had that slow play debacle. He took like four minutes on that on that putt, and he, he was got ripped. so slow. And it was he so was, slow, but he was very slow. But can we? He just made the bring change. Up? He yeah. made the change. He changed his body and he changed his game, and he's now probably average on tour in terms yeah. of pace. Wings, which is, but I thought he was he, he was pretty quick. Like I thought maybe above no, average pace. He was fast. He was so slow. <laughs> no, he Final wasn't day. slow yet. He, he was cruising. He was cruising. He was yeah. cruising, walking along, talking not, to himself. He was. He was. <laughs> he he was, did not need to play at that pace when his lead was literally growing because Matt Wolf was lighting himself on fire. But that was mostly at the end of the back nine. I mean, that's it, also the it, U.S. Open. Like you're not gonna yeah. change your routine because you have a five shot lead instead of a three shot lead. You know, but like, you know, it was a tight tournament up until there were four or five holes left. I mean, he only had a, a two or three shot lead, and then at the end, it was just you know, I think he was trying, kind of doing what Tiger did at at Pebble in two thousand when you know he didn't want to make a bogey. He was just playing against himself in the golf course. I think that's why Bryson took it so seriously at the end. He wasn't you know worried about blowing that- the tournament. Coming down 18. That drive on 16 that he hit, like that bomb draw that he hit, that it's was insane. And that legit- fairway is so tight. That has to be that is a legitimate contender for one of the best drives I've ever seen. Because I was I was I went to a friend's house to watch, and he should have been hitting a three wood in reality. And you know, I think Malpy was following him, and he's like, "There's no reason he should be taking driver." And you know, I. And I'm just like, oh boy, this this could go badly. And he swings out of his shoes, and he you couldn't have walked that ball any straighter. And he hit that thing like 355. It was unreal. Yeah, I mean, props to him. He he, he says what he's gonna do. He says he's gonna drive it all over the ballpark. He's gonna swing as hard as he can. And even under the biggest moments when he could have laid back, hit a a three or four iron where he still hit it 250 at least he's stepping up there and ripping driver and he's he's lacing it i mean he's just hitting it dead straight 190 195 ball speeds when he's catching them and uh, it's team bryson the whole way yeah team bryson we're rolling with him he's our guy the thing is if you hit it that far and and if you can hit like half your fairways i mean there's no reason you're not going to contend every week on the. PGA I can't Tour. wait to see what he does at Augusta. I can't yeah. wait to see what he does at Augusta. I think Augusta I mean, could potentially be more interesting than Winged Foot because I think they'll tuck the pins more at Augusta, and I think it could potentially be different conditions than we're used to in November. It, I have a feeling it might end up being a little firmer. They could firm it up. It'll be a little bit totally. colder, and with those pins that they have that are usually pretty tucked. Bryson, you know, he's not going to be able to hit punch shots from the trees. He's going to have to keep it within the corridors. And he'll probably be able to play from the rough, but it's still going to put a little bit of a premium, and then it's going to test his short game. So Let's just hope that it doesn't look like those pictures that came out. 
Oh, I and know. Bryson's not the biggest fan of you know firm, really, really hard courses. But I mean, he should. You know, he did prove us wrong at at Wingfoot. I mean, he was the only man under par, and by by like six shots. Yeah, and can we talk about those those pictures that came out of Augusta? That was pretty jarring. Uh, for those of you guys that don't know, uh, Golf.com, I believe, uh, posted a picture on Instagram. It was. 50 days out from the Masters, and it was an overview of the course. It was completely brown, completely burnt out, besides the greens. The greens looked immaculate. They were uh, you know, as green as could be. And then another photo, an aerial photo, came out 40 days out from the Masters uh, today. Course looked completely green, as lush as it's ever been. What are they doing to the golf course at Augusta? Are they, I mean, are they spray painting the whole thing? They're fake. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> they're fake. Uh, they're I, not I, fake, but they, <laughs> they, they, they go to extremes, extreme. I mean, they. Like the whole thing with the, are they, no squirrels on the property. I yeah. Mean, there's a bunch of sketchy things that it's like, how are there no animals on this golf course? You know, how are they, how is the water so blue? Yeah, you know, because they're just dumping it chemicals is a, into it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it what it a fascinating almost, place! Yeah, it is fascinating, and it's a place that golfers dream about going to. But it almost seems dystopian to me. Like, there's some stuff that goes down there that is really odd, and you hear the stories about the members there, and you know, I'm sure they're great people, but I, I've from what I can tell, they're pretty sly. They pop out of the trees. I mean, <laughs> like, you know, they're disappearing during the tournament. You don't know where they are. It, there's some sketchy stuff. Maybe I'm not about to rip Augusta, though. I mean, it's the most, no, gotta be the most I, special place on earth. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take retract saying that they're fake. Yeah, with the to, hopes that to, we can one day play Augusta. I'm, we'll retract what we just said. <laughs> so, so, but, so, to get, so to get the the Augusta National membership credit because, you know, I'm sure, you know, throughout history, they've gotten a bit of shit. I heard that during the 2018 Masters, like during the final round, like they were living and dying by every, you know, with every Patrick Reed shot because they were just praying he didn't <laughs> win. And I heard when he won, they were pissed. Imagine if they had stuck all the pins. They, you know, they have the Sunday pin locations at Augusta, right? Imagine if they stick stuck it all back the right, so back right every single hole, like they were talking just about. So just so free, just so Reed couldn't fit a draw in there. Mike, you gotta, you gotta step back from the mic a little bit, buddy. You're getting a little too carried away here. Uh, you can God. hear your, I can, I can Mike's feel your saliva yeah. coming through oh, the God. mic. Mike Sorry. will go off about Patrick Reed a few times on the <laughs> podcast for sure. He gets pretty pretty riled up about that. But yeah, I mean that that would have been pretty awesome if uh, if they had stuck the pins way back there. And you know, Ricky he plays a fade. If Ricky had managed to win because the course setup was just so in his favor. All right, let's move into our final segment of the episode. We're gonna do we're gonna look at some matchups here for the Sanderson Farms. For the final day so this this episode should come out on sunday uh right around the time that the tournament is going on so you can listen to this uh you know right around then we're gonna make some picks for who we think is gonna win and look at the matchups uh around the top of the leaderboard so chris can you read those off to us yeah so uh every week we're gonna do the last five matchups 
you you either win or you lose, right? I guess you could tie, right? Because it's a matchup, um, and it's whoever finishes better. So <laughs> we're this is a year long thing. We're gonna keep track of our records here, and, and uh, we haven't decided on the consequence, but it's yep. We're gonna have a a, a pretty good punishment for whoever. Uh, has the worst record, and it's yeah, gonna be Mike's all the way up until and next it's year's tour championship. And it's and inevitably somehow, gonna be Mike. Yep, it is gonna be Mike <laughs> <laughs> because the he finds a way to lose. Perennial and- stiff, perennial choker. The Pasco <laughs> <laughs> is gonna lose. You can pretty much write it in. All right, can you read it? Let's off get to, to the yeah, first matchup. The one twenty. I'm mentally PM preparing matchup. myself for the loss. <laughs> We Mike, have... you should almost just pick whoever you think is not going to win. And you'll probably <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Exactly. All right, 1.20 p.m., we have your 2020 Masters first-round leader, Charlie Hoffman, against <laughs> going against Tyler That's... McCumber. Uh, Great story in Tyler McCumber. I actually – I know his brother a little bit. Uh, friend of the pod. He helped me get recruited uh, for college golf. But, uh, yeah, friend of the pod. Friend um, of the pod. And, and so always rooting for Tyler and it's good you know, to see him out there. And, and I'm gonna ride with him. Uh he's an ultimate grinder and I think Charlie Hoffman's saving his stuff for, for November. So I'm going Tyler. <laughs> Can we confirm that that uh Charlie's in the field for November? Ooh, that's a good question. I mean he's had so many good finishes I I find it hard to believe he I mean, Augusta probably wants him back. I feel like he's led the first round for like the past like four years. Oh yeah, it's insane. He's the king of sixty-six on day one. Uh, but I'm gonna take I'm gonna take my guy Charlie Hoffman. I hear from uh, credible sources that Charlie is chasing distance. In fact, he's going with Bryson-ing. the Bryson method, bomb and gouge city. I'll take that all day around Country Club of Jackson. He's getting into the one eighties in ball speed. Charlie Hoffman's my guy. I like Tyler McCumber, but. Mike, who do you got? All right, Mike, you got to pick the loser here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so loser, loser is going to be Charlie Hoffman, which means Charlie Hoffman is going to go out and shoot like 63 tomorrow. Um, I, 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 I really like the way Tyler McCumber is playing. I think he's playing for a lot. and I Yeah, he, and he's playing every, inspired. And for whatever I've seen of him, you know, when he gets an opportunity, like the time that he played with Tiger at, um, at Torrey, I think he got in uh, as an alternate at Travelers, and he ended up playing pretty well. I, you know, he seems to he seems to pounce on these opportunities, and I and I expect him to do the same thing tomorrow. It's locked. We got uh, one thirty. We have Denny McCarthy going up against our boy Keegan. Hard to fade Keegan. Adopted Hard to fade Keegan. I think he's using even shorter clubs this week. Yeah, and. he is really bent over this week. Some of the footage came even, out even flatter to Cup of Jacks. I mean, he might as well be hitting off his knees. Some of these videos are pretty outrageous, but I like you know I like the way Keegan's hitting it right now. One over today, not his best stuff, but maybe that means he's saving a sixty-three for tomorrow. Who knows? It's Keegan. It's Keegan. It's yeah. Low. I think two and zero. Yeah, we'll get the we're gonna get the mass bump to Keegan. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go against you guys. Uh, Denny McCarthy, really interesting player. He is by far the best putter on the PGA Tour statistics. Also one of the worst ball strikers. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> give, give him a break. No. He's top he's 15 not, he, in strokes gained off the tee this year. Through He's not Aaron Badley. But his iron play is abysmal. So 
by the looks of it, 12 under for the week. It seems like he's found something with the iron play. I'm going to take Denny McCarthy tomorrow. Hopefully he's rolling the rock well still too. So I think he's going to get the better at Keegan. Pasco, did you make your pick? I'm taking Keegan. I have to jab have step to Keegan, baby. Yeah, gotta He's go. He's gonna be jab stepping all day. He's gonna be spitting all over the place. Do you remember that tournament where he kept spitting? He was sp- yeah. he spit like thirty times. He just times. got absolutely flambéed on. Uh, <laughs> it was great though. It was, it's all. There's Keegan a lot memory. of great. There's a lot of great Keegan memories. Yeah, that we can, Ke- that we can talk about. He's got some good content he's put out there. I mean, between that the MJ tweet that came out a couple months right. ago, you know, you're not wearing Air Keegans. That was the MJ hilarious. tweet. Nearly fighting Miguel and Hill Jimenez, <laughs> the <Air> least <laughs> fightable guy on tour, too. Yeah, that was <laughs> not Keegan's finest moment. All right, fighting moving on. a senior citizen. <laughs> Who we got next? Uh, at 140, Christopher Ventura against our boy Aaron Wise. Aaron Wise. He's playing inspired. I'm going to take my guy Aaron Wise. I like Ventura. Played at uh, Oklahoma State. You know, good Norwegian player. Got a, you know, he drives the ball well, puts it well. But Aaron Wise, I think he's uh, found something in his game. I'm going to go with him. I'm going with the Stoffer. Um, the Stoffer. Yeah, I like it. I like it. You know, I'm I'm riding him. I think he's got a a huge future in front of him. I think he might take a a big step this week and just go ahead and win the whole damn thing. So, wow, wow, is that your pick? That's a bold prediction. I'm it's only my pick if he turn. wins. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, who you I'm got? also gonna. I'm also taking Ventura. I think he's a really solid player, and also any man who. Has allegedly spit on Tony Romo's ball at the Safeway Open last year. Is somebody that I can that I can root for. Yeah, I, I agree. That that was a great move by by Ventura. Definitely respect. I mean, that was that. like that was his first PGA Tour event too. Just that, walking like, in there carrying his absolute... big balls, spits <laughs> on Tony Romo's ball, <laughs> Dra- dragging dragging his balls across the green, spinning yep. his. As he walks off. <laughs> what a king. Yeah, I think I think just based on that alone, Christopher Ventura is gonna win twenty plus times on the PGA tour. That's my take. I mean the guy just I think we should steal. I, I think I think we should award him the twenty nineteen Safeway Open just for spinning on Tony Roma's ball. <laughs> I agree. He's Let's my winner. Him. He's a one time PGA tour winner coming in with some experience tomorrow. So uh you know, look out for him. He's gonna charge. <laughs> All right, what we got next. We got at 150 JT Poston uh, going up against Brandt. Wow, good matchup there. I'm going to take JT Poston. Uh, I think Brandt playing inspired right now, but JT really solid all around player. We were talking about this the other day, Chris. Kind of gives me Joel Damon grinder vibes, um, and you know yeah, I like yeah. those vibes. I think those he's just one of those guys that kind of just seems out to lunch, but he just plots his way around and yeah. doesn't make a bogey. Yeah, and, first player to not make a bogey in a tournament since uh, Lee Trevino. Good stat for you there. I think he might do <laughs> that great. tomorrow. That's bogey, a great brag to have. Bogey free. I'm picking him to win tomorrow. Wow. Wow. 
Maybe there you not go. Bogey free, but I'm locking him in. He's my guy to win. All right, Fitz. Well, we we've disagreed on every pick so far, but I'm gonna ride. <laughs> I'm I'm riding JT right now. The I've, postman. You gotta ride with the postman. Always yeah. fucking delivers. Always. Yeah, delivers. literally. I, I'm also gonna take the postman. I think oh, he could deliver tomorrow. I think you know. Ooh, don't take wow, JT. Wow, you were you were hyping up Snedeker too. You were. You yeah, can't. You have like, to take the guy yeah, that you had on your one up. That's just disrespectful. Mike, no, here's you know here's the thing that's gonna win now that you disrespected him like that. He was I mean, guy. that's just that's, that's my type of luck. Egregious. That's you why can't. you got to go with Snedeker. I'm going with my gut right now. That's really I, bad. All right, all right, lock it in. Mike is auto zero and one walking into tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I might even switch my pick to Snedeker. I might switch. <laughs> I might Pasco switch right now. <laughs> Yeah. Can we all agree that Sergio is not winning this tournament? If he puts with his eyes closed, he might win. Imagine him coming down 18. He's got an eight-footer to win. He's just putting with his eyes closed. That's going to be a sight to see. I just feel like there's a high chance of him just being like even par through 12 holes, and then he switches to (laughs) eyes open and is just gone. Just no yeah, chance. Yeah, I could see that. I think tomorrow we've got a chance for potentially the shortest putt in the PGA Tour history being missed. To win a tournament. I mean, if he's he got, met- got an 18-incher to win on 18, I don't know if I trust him. I mean, Wait. eyes closed. Could go anywhere. Sean, Sean, it's funny that you bring that up because he actually has one of the shortest putts missed on the PGA Tour recorded. A couple years ago, he actually missed an 18-inch putt. Well, we can expect more of that tomorrow. I think that's. I think you can lock <laughs> it in. He's missing a putt less than 20 inches tomorrow. So oh, I, I, I take it you guys are taking Cameron Davis. Yeah, I'll take my guy Cam Davis, the Aussie coming. So that's the fi- final pairing. It's Cameron Davis and, and Sergio. In this group, I will take Cameron Davis, but I will say this: I do not expect the winner to come out of the final group. Cameron Davis is a joke. <laughs> he is. Uh, he goes. He has the long. He goes. Wee, wee. You know. He, he bombs it. It's no. It's it's Sergio's not going to win. He's sure as hell not going to win. But he's his ball striking is is good enough where he's going to hold it together. And and Cameron Davis is is not ready for this right now. What's your beef with Cameron so, Davis? You, yeah. You, where did this you come chirped from? Him? Yeah. What, I didn't yeah, chirp. No, him? I didn't chirp him. You mixed you them up with Cam Smith. Exactly I didn't mix them up Cam with Cam Smith. Smith. I said they yeah. they were very similar. Except he's he, Cameron no Davis is a bootleg Cameron Smith. No, that's disrespectful to Cam Davis, dude. That I is, it's not. He could be a generational talent. He, uh, I mean, six. That's outrageous. What is he? Six three, six four. Got the complete game. Young Aussie. We've seen him up on the leaderboards. He was up there, I think, at TPC Boston. I like Cam Davis in this matchup, and I like his odds the rest of the season. I think he might get his first win. Fitz, I think you might like Cam Davis because you feel like your game is similar to his. I mean, that's a compliment, right? Complete game, I said, right? (laughs) I don't know. No, no, stop hyping yourself up. Cameron Davis doesn't make perfect, quote unquote, perfect swings that go (laughs) thirty yards left as Fitz did the other day when we were playing. We're on the ninth team. He blows one way left. He goes, that's a perfect swing. That's a perfect swing. 
Well, Cam Davis is playing at 5,200 feet of altitude. He doesn't have to deal with the extra time that the ball's in the air. If that's if that's at sea level, the ball might not curve as much. Yeah, hitting it 10% further is a huge disadvantage. Exactly. It's a huge disadvantage. Listeners, this is the type of shit. Listeners, this is the type of shit that me and Chris have to listen to Sean say in the golf course every single day. <laughs> not not every day. Just just uh, you know, a select few rounds when I, I tend to get a little down in the dumps sometimes. Most. I mean, you you are also Most. the same person that said that he chunks his irons pure. I did for a while. I was I was hitting consistently a half an inch to a full inch behind the ball, maybe <laughs> losing seven to 30 nine yards. yards. Seven, no, it was like seven to nine yards because I was kind of muscling out of muscling it out of there with like a little chicken wing, you know. So I was only hitting nine iron, like one forty-five, but I was I was striping it. I mean, I was sticking my irons. It worked for a while. For a while, but, that's the key. That's the key for it. Interesting take. Yeah, I mean, I, I've since figured out the iron play a, a little bit better than that. I'm hitting a little farther out here, too. So, All right, who are we picking right, well, out of this matchup? I'm taking Cam Davis. Who do you guys have? I thought you guys – yeah, you guys were, were were on the Cam Davis train, huh? Yeah. I'm, I'm on Sergio. Wow. Wow. This would be a ball-striking yeah. clinic. doesn't matter he's putting lefty, righty with his – with his eyes closed behind his back, I don't care if he has polio. He's gonna, you know, he's he's gonna be up there. He's not gonna win, but he's gonna be up there. Oh, you know, you can almost expect Sergio's gonna drive it really well tomorrow. I made the argument the other day. Sergio, arguably the best driver in the last twenty years that the game has seen. When you look at uh, strokes gained off the tee, he's long. He hits it straight. I don't, I don't mind that I, pick, but I, I think Cam Davis. Sort of agree with that, you, although you are a strokes gained whore. I, it's, oh, I, strokes you are. <laughs> such a good. I eat up strokes gained. I mean, that's literally the only basis I'm making picks on right now. You're, you're the only one out of us who actually looks at stats. Me and, me and Chris just go right off our gut. Nah, don't, don't loop me into that so much. I don't yeah, want to be that, looped into that. Pasco likes to loop people in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, we all... We've all been... We've all had the ifs. We've all the ifs. We're all choke guys. artists. Yeah. <laughs> Just you. <laughs> no, I, I like strokes gained. I think it's a pretty accurate stat. It's pretty telling. I was out on the couch the other day. We were watching uh, a little football on Sunday afternoon, and I was just browsing through strokes gained, just rattling off some quiz questions to uh, Chris to see if he could guess who was leading strokes gained so that's how much i appreciate strokes gained we'll see how we'll see how we do yep we'll we'll do an update every week at the beginning of the podcast uh, you know after the results and uh just let you guys know what the picks are at and what our records are at and once we figure out what the punishment's going to be we'll let you guys know we're, we're trying to make it as interesting as possible make it uh pretty bad for pasco who's clearly going to lose <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna try to post uh every wednesday and sunday so Two that'll be the plan yeah a little preview forward. and uh you know a summary of what happened over the weekend so we're gonna try to talk a lot of pga tour golf we'll do a lot of uh college golf too not a lot but uh we'll, we'll definitely feature it talk about what it's like playing in college and uh you know the competition that we face and some of the stories that we have from playing Thank you guys for listening. Uh, that was a lot of fun, Pasco and Chris, and uh, I'm looking forward to next time.
That was great, guys. In the next episode, yeah, Pasco, drink awesome. a few more Let's beers. Get to sleep, buddy. Yeah. Yes. You're a little Dude, riled up. <laughs> you I need mean, something I, to put I, you to bed. I'm, I'm charged up right now. I'm hyped. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs>